right, everyone. We want to welcome you to another episode of the Wing It Worldwide podcast. My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And today we're going to go to Ethiopia. Oh, that was an awesome place. We took the children to there. Yes, nobody could believe we did that. But let me tell you, we did our research and everyone told us, hey, you know what? Ethiopia really is kid-friendly. You're not going to feel like you're in danger. You know, just play it safe. And so what we did was we hired a driver and we did an overland safari of the northern part of Ethiopia, where all the historic sites are, the Simeon Mountains, wonderful place to visit. A lot of people fly from town to town to see all these historical places. And yes, we did. We chose to drive. And they miss out on a lot of vista when they do that. Yes, wonderful, beautiful mountains, green, lush places. And see, here's the tragedy. And I want to go ahead and throw this on the table. I think in the Western world, once a country or a part of the world gets a bad reputation, it's never taken away. It's always there. So even now, people think of Ethiopia and they think of a desolate, dusty place that's 105 degrees everywhere and people starving and in need of aid. Right. I posted a beautiful vista up in the mountains where it's nice and green and lush and gorgeous. And somebody else made a comment about that saying, yeah, well, they're still starving and it's still desolate out there. And, you know, don't forget that. Yeah, well, they didn't believe it was Ethiopia. They thought we were lying or it was some kind of joke. But the country was one of the most gorgeous places we'd ever been and certainly one of the most beautiful places in Africa. You know, people are poor there. There's poverty like you see in sub-Saharan Africa, but we didn't see people who were destitute to the point where they were starving and, and real disturbing images. You saw your typical African villages, typical African cities, and the poverty that you'll see there. But the images burned into our psyche from the 80s. Not you know, there. That's not what Ethiopia is about. And importantly, it's not how the people of Ethiopia want to be represented. No, they don't. They want you to enjoy their city and look at its beautiful splendor that they have there. It's very green, very lush in certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. You know, they have such a big country. There's a lot of different climates and a lot of ecosystems out there. So I'm sure there's some desert, but it has a lot of variety. Yeah, the desert part in the south starts looking a little bit more like Sudan or even northern Kenya, of course, because that's their neighbors. But in the northern part of Ethiopia, it's actually highlands. So the temperature is very cool. You know, in the extreme high mountains, it's downright cold, like where we saw the Galata baboons and Simeon Mountains. It had just rained, and it was actually rather chilly. You had to take out your jackets. I'm shocked how close we got to those animals. Oh, yeah. And they're like the size of our four-year-old daughter. So she's like out there socializing, kind of like joining in with the little troop of baboons. <laughs> it was awesome. And like the mist was rising and it was in this beautiful place. It looks like a combination of the Grand Canyon and the Rocky Mountains. And you've got this mist mist, and you've got these baboons with you know, kind of that crust of hair on their head. They're so cool. And you know you're in Africa, but it's not your typical vision of Africa. It's this wonderful other adventure. Now, the food there is world famous. And I've noticed that sometimes travelers on television, like your Anthony Bourdain's of the world, go to Ethiopia and they cover the food. But the interesting thing is they really don't ever tell you what it tastes like. (laughs) It's very unique. I can't really describe it because it is its own type of food. It's not like Indian food or Japanese food. It is Ethiopian, for lack of a better word. Absolutely. They have their own set of spices. Oh, and they're delicious. And they have this bread called injera that's ubiquitous. And the only way to describe injera is it's like a spongy crepe 
made out of its own type of flower, its own type of fiber that's called teff that they grow there. You know, not wheat, not rice, it's teff, T-E-F-F, which of course has a special flavor. And then they let this flour, this dough that they make, they let it ferment, and then they make these gray crepes out of it. And I remember the first time I tasted it, I was like, you know, I want out. I don't like this thing. It tasted me like an <laughs> armpit in need of a bath. Oh, goodness. And then, but I got used to it. Even I got used to it. And you start tasting it for what it is. You start experiencing how it combines with the wonderful spices and the food that they give you. And they make like dried beef jerky stew, which sounds crazy until you try it with the teff, you know, bread, the injera bread. And it's wonderful. It's a great compliment. They yeah. work together. By itself, not so great. But when you put them together, it is this wonderful combination of flavors that work. Now, I want to talk about how the kids found Ethiopia. Yes. Because this was probably the greatest cross-cultural adventure we had taken them on. And indeed, not a whole lot of Western tourists, especially when they drive overland, are taking children with them. No. People found our children are very fascinating because it was something they don't get to see. So they wanted to talk to our children, and we would get crowded a little bit, and the kids became overwhelmed. But not necessarily in a bad way. And they felt like rock stars a little bit. But, you know, the Ethiopian kids wanted to meet the Western kids because they were fascinated. Here were Western tourists who they'd seen before, but they were their size. And we brought things to trade with them, and that was delightful. And it's just so wonderful to raise children and let them learn about different cultures and, indeed, different religions. And most importantly, have them be colorblind. Yes. And John asked a lot of questions when we were on the tour. We got to see uh, there on Tana Lake where we got to go see. Uh, Which is in Bahardar. Right. The yeah. the monastery. And so he was full of questions about wanting to know what they believe in and how how does this work and how does that work. Now, one of the things that people don't necessarily know about Ethiopia is it was the second country in the world to formally adopt Christianity as its religion. And their brand of orthodoxy is going to be unique and different, dare I say, a little bit strange to most Westerners. The way they represent what happened in the Bible, the way they paint murals, some of the stories they tell are completely foreign to anybody who's from another Christian tradition. And this fascinated our son to no end. Right. Or even in some ways different than some of the Orthodox church up in the northern regions, like in uh, Georgia. Oh, yeah, like Albania, Georgia, Greece, they all have a different type of Christian orthodoxy working, and it's completely fascinating. Uh, Another thing I want to talk about is when we went to Lalibela, they have those world-famous rock-hewn churches that are cut out of pure stone, and they have the one that's in the shape of a cross, and I predict that's going to become, in the future, that whole area in Lalabella with all those rock-hewn churches is going to become the next major bucket list destination. You know, like you've seen uh, in the past 20, 30 years, you've seen Machu Picchu and you've seen Angkor Wat. Uh, probably Cappadocia that we've already talked about on this show is probably going to come up in the world, assuming the politics simmer down down there. Uh, indeed, you know, Ethiopia's got political problems that have surfaced a little bit since we were there earlier this year. Hopefully that'll calm down a little bit too. But I think this whole area of Lalibela is going to be kind of the next big bucket list destination. You're going to start seeing it more. Well, you know, when you think about it, most people think it's just that cross building. But there were actually, how many was it? It was 13 oh, buildings yeah. to look at. There There's was all, plenty. It's huge. 
not just one building, and each one has its own formation. They have uh, different terminologies based on whether there's one side, two sides, or three sides in which they created it. And another great thing about Lalibela is when you stay at some of these reasonably priced hotels, they have the most magnificent view from the top of the mountain of the whole valley below. And it just looks so African and so beautiful and lush and gorgeous, like you said. And we enjoyed staying there immensely. And of course, you get to enjoy the food at night. And because the country isn't a uniquely Muslim country, you have lots of kind of beer. And even the wine was pretty good. Oh, yes. We were surprised by that, weren't we? Yeah. The one thing I also want to mention here is that we were there during their Easter, which oh. fell later in the year than what we were used to. Now, I did say that Ethiopia is a Christian country, but they do peacefully coexist with Muslims there. So we're used to hearing the Muslim call to prayer at all hours of the day. There's crickets. There's crickets. Yep. And... We started hearing the Muslim prayer at a peculiar hour, right past midnight. And, you know, we don't speak Amharic, which is the language there. So when it's being sung in a very artistic way, we couldn't tell the difference between Amharic and Arabic, because there are some audible similarities there, because they're close to the Arabs. I mean, they're just across the water from them. So it didn't end after five minutes, and it didn't end after 30 minutes, and it didn't end all night. It was like an all night long Muslim call to prayer, like with three or four churches. And we didn't get any sleep no, in that town. No, I was not sleeping that night. But it, it turns out it was part of their Easter Orthodox Church. That yes. They do this. It wasn't even Muslim. And what they were doing was they were praying out loud for the town with the town all night long. It's actually kind of nice. But you didn't get any sleep. That's for sure. Ethiopia is a wild, wonderful place. Man, we'd wanted to go there for years, and it was so much fun not only to cross that one off our bucket list, but to take our children, too, because oh, they had a wonderful time. And we were concerned about what the kids were going to eat. Most of the hotels offer Italian food. Yeah, because there's actually some Italian influence there. Interestingly, Ethiopia is, is it the only country in all of Africa or one of the only countries in Africa that was never colonized? The only. The only, I think, yeah. But there still has been some Italian influence over there. So they learned how to cook some Italian food. Say, so, hey, you know, your kids can get spaghetti while you enjoy the injera bread and the shiro and all that good stuff. Yeah. Right. There's a backup plan. Very good. If you want to learn more, be sure to go to our YouTube channel, which is Wing It Worldwide on YouTube, or go to www.wingitworldwide and check out our blog. We've got lots of great pictures there of all this stuff that we talk about on this show, all this exciting, cool stuff. We hope to inspire you to cross items off your bucket list and take wonderful adventures adventures and indeed take your children with you because, you know, all you have to do is go once and realize that people are pretty much the same all over the world. You'll find that your children love adventure. Our kids, they're excited about the next adventure. They don't cry and whine. They cry and whine more here in the United States than they do on these trips. <laughs> I know. Can we go on another trip so we can not hear whining? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, yeah, good stuff there. Uh, we probably need to close this show off now. But until we talk to you again, this is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. Be good out there. And have fun. Wing It Worldwide podcast is copyright X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Remember, you can go to the show notes page at www.wingitworldwide.com front slash podcast. There you'll find out much more about all the destinations talked about by Scott and Emily on this show. Remember, if there's anything left out that you wanted to hear, chances are you'll find it there. 
It's all at www.wingitworldwide.com front slash podcast. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Wing It Worldwide podcast. Until next time, be good and have fun.